This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning and welcome to Community Connection. Today we have Jordan Lang with us and um, I, I had the privilege of hearing about Jordan from one of my very good friends, the Nardonis. So you, you came highly recommended, Jordan. Well, I sure hope I live up to the standard that they set for me. <laughs> right. So Jordan is the Associate Pastor of Students and Mobilization at Connection Church. So Jordan, let's just talk about first, like, what is Connection Church? Where are you located? Yeah, so Connection Church is a it's a small, small church, uh, very family-oriented on the corner of Townway and Liberty in Danville. Uh, if you know where, ele- uh, not elementary, but Liberty Elementary School is, uh, the McDonald's on North Vermilion, uh, we're right around that vicinity. Um, and so, yeah, we're a quaint little church with a lot of a lot of families, with a lot of young kids and a lot of students. So, um, yeah. Good to know. So um, tell me about services that are offered at your church. What time Sunday morning and any other activity? Yeah, so we gather on Sunday mornings at our church. Uh, we start at 1030. Um, and if you have young children, we have programming for your children in uh, our downstairs area. Um, you come in the building, there's there's signage to be able to check in your children. There are smiling faces that are there to greet them, especially if you come for a first time. Uh, we want to make sure that your first visit at Connection Church is warm and welcoming um, because we deeply care about your children, about your students. So uh, if you have a child anywhere from newborn to fifth grade, you can head downstairs and we get your kids all checked in, uh, get them to where they need to go. But then we have our adult service upstairs uh, with worship, uh, teaching, uh, often opportunity for communion and other parts of reflection. Um, so yeah, 1030 2915 Townway Road is our specific address, um, but you should just see a big church building on the corner of Townway and Liberty. And, and it actually is, you know, when you say little, I, I've been in your church numerous times um, uh, because I was with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, so we would... Mm-hmm. We would, you know, spend a lot of time in the building. So the downstairs area is huge. I've also been to a couple of parties or receptions there, okay. um, but that that's a very large area. And then yeah. upstairs, you, you have some, uh, you have the little gym area, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I ever missed that, but I was at a party there this past year. And I'm like, as many times as, as I've been in this church, I didn't realize that was there. Yeah, our our building is just a vast maze. There's so many different things from the outside it looks like a small church but you include the basement the gym it it's a pretty big space and we're really blessed to be able to have the space to be able to do ministry and um to be able to have events like that and fca gatherings and all sorts of stuff definitely well let's take our first break and then we'll come back and we'll learn more about you Welcome back to Community Connection. Today we have Jordan Lang with Connection Church. That's kind of a tongue twister for me to say. <laughs> yeah, Community Connection and Connection Church. You know, I, we're, I we're know. connected. <laughs> yes, we are. 
So, uh, Jordan, tell me about your position and how long you've been here. Yeah, so um, my current position, I am the Associate Pastor of Student Ministry and Mobilization, which I know that's a mouthful, um, but my wife and I, with our three kids, um, actually at the time, it was just one, but we moved here in October of 2018, so just about five years ago. Uh, we originally came to the church as greenhouse residents. Uh, that's a two-year program within our denomination of some intentional formation, um, a lot of figuring out like where the Lord's leading and calling you in ministry. Because um, we were coming out of a situation in Ohio. I was serving as a youth pastor there for four years. And I thought God was calling me to plant a church in Ohio. And God, in his um, humor, said, yeah, that's uh, not it. And some things came up through that process that um, I needed to address. And so the Lord led us out here to Danville um, to endure, to have uh, two years of uh, this greenhouse uh, residency to be able to figure out what God's called us to as a family, um, to be able to get like training, equipping in the midst of the local church, which was a godsend for us. Um, I have a four-year Bible degree, um, but a lot of what Bible college teaches is often the transfer of information and not as much like boots on the ground. This is what ministry in the local church looks like. And I think I was just malformed. And so it was really good to have um, some intentional people uh, pour into me, pour into my wife. And um, the even in the uh, writing of the greenhouse residency, like the manual, it says, this is not to hire your next youth pastor. But yet, once again, the Lord in his humor led our family to stick around and to stay at Connection Church as their youth pastor. And as the years have gone on, um, my role has not changed, but just slightly shifted from uh, a predominant focus on student ministry while also giving a little emphasis on what we've called mobilization, which is essentially an outward-facing role where um, often as a pastor, your focus is on what's going on inside the walls of your church. And so mobilization is how do we get our people engaged with uh, the hope of the gospel outside of the walls of the church? So how do you do that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so at this point, I I feel like with our context right now that I want to start small rather than just try to do like a big event to where like you're just really just basing all of your outreach on like, hey, we're going to have a fall festival and we just bring a bunch of people. Like my heart is that we would train and equip our people to be able to have gospel conversations wherever they go. Um, and so part of that is just giving our people the the tools and the ability and the confidence to be able to take the gospel wherever they go, whether that's in their workplace, whether that's um, for some people in their own homes. Um, but if it's like out at the soccer match or if it's elsewhere, which speaking of the Nardonis, they're at the soccer fields a lot with their, their children and like that they have an opportunity. And many of our people, um, not just at Connection, but 
um, the church in Vermilion County, we we cross paths with a lot of people that don't have the hope of the gospel. And so my my part in that position is to equip and release our people to be able to have gospel conversations outside the walls of the church. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that's one of the things it's for me, it's hard to do. And we often talk about witnessing and, Mm -hmm. you know, you you should always be ready to tell the hope that's in you. Mm -hmm. You should always be ready to do that. But, you know, bring the conversation up. You know, I sometimes think, am I going to turn the person off or, you know, I have an open door with regular quotation marks around that regular conversation. If I bring God into it, is that going to flip them away. And so, you know, that initial conversation, it can be hard to do. And and I've been serving God forever. So you would think that wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, like they just have never done it before. And like anything in life, you're nervous the first time you do it. Like, um, actually this past week, I um, was able to rappel down a 27 story building in downtown Chicago as part of a fundraiser for um, a ministry in our district and our denomination. And I got up there and by golly, there's a pit in my stomach because I had never rappelled before, even like two stories. And I was like 280 feet in the air. Um, and at first I was super nervous. Like I'm, there's no way I'm just going to go back down the elevator. Um, but I did it. I eventually had to get my feet off the ledge. I was very secure, but like I kept going down and as like the rappel line just went down further and further, I gained more confidence. And I think the same is true for us in witnessing that you just have to take the leap knowing that like you have a safety net in Jesus that we're not called to convert people. We're just called to share the light of Jesus. And as we do so, like Lord willing that we're not just like standing on the corner of like Townway and Liberty, just shouting at people and yelling at them. But part of my evangelistic heart is that we share the hope of the gospel relationally with like people that we know, people that we trust. So that way, like as we share our life and our faith, that it's not falling on deaf ears and it's actually with people that we deeply know and we love. And this is something which if you're a part of Connection Church and you're listening, we're going to be launching in the next few weeks a relational guide to be able to share your faith. Um, And I use the imagery of an iceberg about how to dive deeper into relational conversations because there's like surface level conversations like getting to know people's names, what they do for their job, um, like, et cetera, and then getting into like kids and what they do, but diving deeper and intentionally going into like, so what do you believe? Like, what hope do you have in this life? Um, like if God were real, what kind of questions would you ask him? Um, if Jesus was real and if what he did is true, then how does that change the way that you and I live? And like, even asking questions bluntly with people that we know, like, if Jesus is real and if his death and resurrection are enough for us to have hope here and forever, then what's preventing you from going all in with Jesus? And those type of questions give others the opportunity to just think deeply about life and faith. And and I think if people know and love us, that those conversations, even if it's hard for others to hear, they know that we love them and want what's best for them. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, I think 
if we can see evangelism that way, instead of thinking that we have to have all the Bible answers ready to go, then I think it'd be easier for us to just take the jump, take the risk, and know that on the back end, that God values and loves our faith-filled risk, and he's ready to move and respond as we pray and seek for opportunities to share the gospel with others that don't know him. Right. And, and I liked how you said, you know, it's not our job to, to uh, where, the, where they actually make that decision. That's not our job. But yeah. our job is just to be who we are. And we mm-hmm. can't do that if we're not in relationship. So as you were saying, yeah. when you're going to the soccer field, when you're going to the grocery store, and when you're waiting in line at Wendy's or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that you are a representation of Christ. And so mm-hmm. being able to have those relationships is what opens the door. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's take our first or our second break and we'll come yeah. back and finish the conversation. Welcome back to the final segment of Community Connection this morning. Today we have Jordan Lang with us. He is the Associate Pastor of Students and Mobilization at Connection Church. And we were talking about mobilization. Jordan, as you were talking, you know, you're talking about boots on the ground. And I was thinking the church has changed since yesterday, but really it hasn't. You know, you think about uh, stories in the Bible where they're having the dinners and they're having, uh, mm-hmm. you know, d- just different activities. You know, they yeah. are doing the outreach and, you mm-hmm. know, God Jesus is walking amongst the homeless and the sick and the hurting, the brokenhearted, um, the quotation mark sinners, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone. Jesus was right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so true. And like, I think for so many of us, we're, I think, just looking for like just someone or some other group to like, help lead the charge. And like I said earlier, I think the Lord's looking for those who are willing to be set apart and to move in faithfulness to what the Lord puts on our hearts. Because I know I know plenty of people personally that have engaged in the foster care system, which yeah. once again is a beautiful way to share the love of Jesus. Um, and uh, since we know plenty of people that have engaged in the foster care system and like I've gotten to meet some of these foster children and parents and like it, it's such a need in our community, uh, especially in Vermilion County. Um, and I know there's so many other outlets that, that are engaging in those dark places in a relational way, like the Danville rescue missions doing beautiful work. Women's care clinic is doing beautiful work. Hope center in fair Oaks, as a ministry that I volunteer at, and they're doing some phenomenal stuff out there. And if I forget any ministries, it's not a slight to you. Like there's just so many people who are doing the work. Um, And I think for us as individuals, it's time for us to get involved in some of those things. Um, And even just to be a good neighbor, um, a good coworker, um, whether we go to like football, soccer games, to just be unashamed of the light that's in us. I think that, now more than ever, it's time for us to not shy that light away and to just be bold about our faith because the world's being bold about their beliefs. Um, like right. like ev- everyone else is willing to speak their truth and share their truth and to live out their truth. But yet, even if the culture says that, 
like Christians shouldn't share their truth. Like it's actually a false dichotomy that the world is saying, like, I'm going to share all of my stuff and believe in my thing. And, but yet why can't Christians be unashamed? Um, obviously we don't want to be jerks because Jesus doesn't call us to be a jerk, but like we're called to shine the light of Jesus to love unconditionally, uh, to extend grace and mercy. But like, why can't we be unashamed of our faith? I like that. And th- that's a great question. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that reminder. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, looking at your your church, what other things do you do through the week? Are there other activities going on at the church or other opportunities for people to participate outside of Sunday morning? Yeah. So um, for our adult ministry, we have a couple different small group options. If you go on our website, you should be able to find um, a few of those. Um, if not, you could uh, look on our staff page and email uh, the lead pastor, Jordan Chapel or myself, which by the way, if you notice our two pastoral staffs named Jordan, that wasn't on purpose. Uh, that's just <laughs> God once again in his humor. Um, but we have adult, adult small groups. Um, if you are uh, listening and you have children or students that are in grade six to 12, we have Sunday night programming because We've talked a lot about mobilization, and I absolutely love that, but I'm also a youth pastor, um, and we have our Sunday night programmings from 6 to 8 here, grades 6 to 12, um, and it's a really fun group. Uh, we have some great kids uh, that really love Jesus, and we have fun, uh, but most importantly, we get after the things that Jesus wants to get after. Um, and so Sunday night, 6 to 8, we have student ministry. Uh, we have a high school small group on Monday nights at my house. There's information about that on our website as well. Uh, we have a college age ministry. If you're, well, by college age, I mean ages 18 to 25. Um, like you don't have to be in college to attend, but we have a, a small group available for you on the first and third Wednesday of every month. So we're coming up on that. And we just started that. That's been really good. Um, cause often a lot of students that graduate from student ministry, it's really hard for them to get integrated into the life of the church. Because if you're a 19 year old college student, you don't relate a lot with the 50, 60 year old that is leading a small group. And they're, they're looking more closely at retirement than entering the workforce. And so, uh, with this group, we we desire for college kids to have a safe place to just to be able to engage with questions of faith and life, have a community of people that they can engage with. So we've we started that, um, and yeah, I think I covered just about a lot of at least what I have my hands in. Mm-hmm. So and also explain the the spelling of Connection Church. Yes, so it's C O N N E. X-I-O-N church. Um, so this this show is connections the way it's supposed to be spelled, but we decided to be edgy about 12, 15 years ago and spelled it with an X. Okay, so if you're looking for it, C-O-N-N-E-X-I-O-N connection church. Correct. Um, Jordan, what... Uh, so, you know, I, I liked what you were talking about with families and serving them. And, you know, yeah. I think that's one of the things you talk, uh, you know, when you look at foundational issues, foundation, my best times were in Sunday school. 
Mm-hmm. I think my my kids' best time was in Sunday school and, mm-hmm. and camp and that type of thing. Um, it's a great opportunity, again, for the foundation. And at, at this age, I'm surprised when I hear people that don't know the stories, Jonah and the mm-hmm. well, what's that about? Yeah. Well, you know, just some yeah. of the classic. And I think of mm-hmm. the Bible, and I'm like, it really is the greatest story ever told. Because mm-hmm. if you look and you read those stories, I mean, what there's adventure, there's hope. There's yeah. there's just anything you could possibly want in mm-hmm. the book. Yeah. Yeah. And um, one thing, especially with our student ministry is, and it's really easy for me uh, because even with students that come in, like I have typically two different groups. There's, there's the church kid that they know all the right answers. They have at least heard most of the stories, but then there's also a demographic where like they're in a home where like the Bible's not being like taught or brought up. Like there's no level of like faith background, church background. And honestly, I, I love both because the kid that doesn't have like the Bible stories in their back pocket that we get to just open up the word of God and just share the stories as they're supposed to be shared. Um, Like even the Christmas story, like we can, watch the veggie tales version or other cartoon versions and we can see those as fact but yet like my heartbeat is that we just open up the word look at it for what it is which we believe that it's the infallible inerrant word of god that it's useful for teaching rebuking correcting training and righteousness like this word is alive and it's active and yeah there's the stories of hope and you read through the old testament and one thing i love doing with our students is connecting Old Testament story, connecting what two thirds of our Bible contains, which we often like outdate is like, that's old, irrelevant, that's before Jesus. But the Old Testament casts a shadow that gets filled in by Jesus. And it's important to look at that shadow. And so I consistently point back to Old Testament stories about Jonah and the whale, how Jonah was swallowed in the belly of a fish for a few days and then gets spit out and essentially gets resurrected, which has Jesus ties in that story. Um, and so, like, I I love just opening up the Bible to those stories of hope, but also the Bible has a lot of things that are, they're tough and they're hard to hear. Uh, there's often, if you read the Bible, you'll have more questions than answers at the back end of it. And for us to create a safe place with our students, with our college age kids, with Lord willing, our adults to be able to ask some of those questions of like, with Jonah is a great example. It's one of the most awkward and frustrating endings to a book because Jonah <laughs> has all this, gr- like he forcefully goes, not according to his will, gets spit up, goes into Nineveh, like preaches that like, God's pretty angry with them. They repent and like the whole town believes. And then Jonah walks away and he gets mad at God and the story ends. And some people might think, why in the world is this in the Bible? And it's a great question for us to wrestle with. Um, Mm -hmm. And so like, I don't want to leave with our student ministry, but with anyone, I don't want to leave any stone unturned. Like, let's ask the question but I'm not going to be the one that has all the answers. And so that's why I want to walk with our students and with anybody that has any questions. Let's walk through this together. I might not know the answer, but let's dive into it. 
Good, good. Um, we are actually out of time. So remind listeners again, if somebody would like to visit your church on Sunday, um, go ahead and do that invite. Yeah. So if you don't already have a church family, which hear me, I'm not going to try to convince you to leave your church family. If you're already plugged in, I absolutely love that. Uh, if you're looking for a church family to get plugged into, uh, we are Connection with an X Church, uh, 2915 Townway Road, uh, on the corner of Liberty and Townway. Uh, we gather together Sunday mornings at 1030 for student ministry. We gather Sunday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. And we would absolutely love to have you. Okay, thank you so much for being here today, Jordan. I enjoyed the conversation. Audience, I, I hope you've learned something more today or, or just if you are a believer that you're re-inspired by, by what Jordan shared. We will be back in the morning. We're going to talk with some folks from the Veterans Administration. Until then, have a good rest of the day. Thank you, Laura. Recording stopped. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.